who came out on top in the battle of the show hosts in round eight of the major league rugby season and a fantasy matchup decided by just one tenth of a point. The Fantasy Rucker Show starts right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Wrecker Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yee, Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 12 of the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Thank you so much to our league members. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers community members. And thank you so much to everyone else tuning in and following us along on this journey of making fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. And as always, we are the Fantasy Ruckers. And with me are my show hosts, Devin Vandy Vanderpool, Matt Yee, and guys... Got a jam-packed show here today. Lots of uh, exciting announcements to come. Lots of exciting fantasy results. Uh, got got lots to get to here. But before uh, we hop right into it, how uh, how are you guys feeling after uh, round eight here of uh, yeah. the Major League Rugby season? Yeah, you know, two out of three of us <laughs> yeah. are fantasy yeah. ruckers. One out of three of us is a fantasy sucker. That's <laughs> all I can say. Nah, hey, seventh place doesn't taste that much better than eighth, but... Nah, you know what? Good fantasy performance, terrible real life performance. Seems to be uh it's 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 gotta it's gonna take a while eh, for for your utah warriors and the and the, and the fantasy results to kind of line up here for you to have a good just enjoyable rugby week but it sounds like vandy so far you haven't been able to get that yet utah warriors struggling we a little haven't bit been able for to line you. up wins with each other but it'll happen it'll happen it'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there and yeah it was, it was an exciting round eight in the mlr lots of fun matchups lots of fan uh, fun fantasy results and close fantasy matchups in our fantasy Rutgers league and we're going to break that all down for you in this episode number 12 uh, but before we get into it if you haven't already make sure you give us a follow at the fantasy ruckers on all of our social media channels twitter instagram facebook youtube you can find us there uh you'll get all the latest info and updates when it comes to fantasy rugby in the mlr and our league in particular um so you'll be able to follow us along there make sure to like subscribe and and do all that good stuff um so before we get into it guys and we and we got some news and notes here so we're gonna hop right in because we got a a jam-packed show um and we, and we got a lot to break down for our fantasy rugby fans and fantasy rugby listeners. Uh, but before we get into that part of it, got some news and notes to talk about when it comes to the league, but also some news and notes here when it comes to the fantasy rucker. So a little bit of housekeeping to take care of here at the start of the show and we'll begin with a exciting announcement here for our league uh we've had a little bit of challenges here uh for the first you know eight weeks um and i think everyone has realized that in order for this fantasy rugby league to work with how manual it is and how how much uh uh of of i guess minutes and hours it is to take to go in and 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 put in the stats and all these things it really requires the league members to put just as much of a commitment as well and matt and vandy you guys can speak to this it takes just as much as a commitment from you guys to keep track of everything using spreadsheets we don't have the app and all these things so it takes a lot of work from your part too and with that we have actually had to switch over a team owner in our league with that in mind so 
Unfortunately, due to some uh, some outside circumstances, uh, the the former owner uh, Ryan of Tijuana Hookers has had to uh, has had to drop out and hand his team over to someone else. And we are going to be welcoming in, and he has got his first taste in round eight of fantasy rugby in the MLR, and that is Stephen. Stephen will now be joining the league. Uh, he is a avid avid rugby fan. Yes, we got to give him a round of applause. So welcome Stephen to the official fantasy Rutgers rugby league um he's an avid rugby fan he i think competes with digesting the most rugby i think in our league we all uh watch a lot a lot of rugby but he's right up there when it comes to uh, loving the mlr so we're really excited to have him yeah. he's been a great part of our league so far been interacting with the league he was interacting with the league even before um he actually got the opportunity to join which is exactly what we want to see we want to grow this uh, fantasy rugby community and make it a uh, make it a thing that anyone whether you're in the league or not to just come into our discord channel and just converse and talk about fantasy rugby he was doing that got the opportunity here to get a team and now he's rolling right along so welcome steven to the official fantasy Rutgers league oh where he goes steven and he came into the l column you got a team that's better than the two hosts congratulations (laughs) i mean that's not a lot to ask though guys i mean you're stepping in the league it's basically a given right at this point now. <laughs> there we go. We'll step it back now. a little bit. Can't go too harsh. We'll get into the breakdowns Jeez. and the results. I will say, though, Vandy. I'm going to have a big here, bud. Well, that's what we got to get to, Vandy. We got to get to it. Was, it, was a, it was a tale of two tales here for you two meeting up in the Battle of the Host. So uh, I know a lot of our, our listeners are excited to hear how that turned up. And, and, and before we get that, let's talk about the second big announcement and and guys this is one that we're really excited to bring to all of you listening and all of you watching on youtube we have been asked by uh the a, a special uh, television network uh, here that produces some uh, rugby content for the rugby network and also makes an appearance every Tuesday on Fox Sports 2. And that is MLR All Access has approached the Fantasy Ruckers asking to interview us about this project. And hey. Maybe we can spread the word about fantasy rugby. So just wanted to get the word out there to all of our listeners. We will be uh, doing a little interview with MLR All Access. And if everything works according to plan, should be on their MLR All Access uh, show next Tuesday um, and, and bring uh, fantasy rugby to the people out there who haven't been able to hear it yet. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. I think this is a huge opportunity for us to grow fantasy rugby and uh, grow fantasy rugby, particularly in the MLR. And maybe this means we're going to get some stats from the MLR. Hey. Noted. The MLR will finally hear us calling out their name, and they'll hop hey, on Matt, board. Matt, when you're on that show, keep the same energy, bud. Yeah, I'll keep the when same energy. When you're chirping the cameras and everything, you got to keep that sorrow, same energy. I'll bring the same depression of else. No, we, we need to turn no. this around, man. Yeah, we got to turn around, me, man. man. You no. got to be more hey, optimistic here. This I'll is going to be episode I'll 12 is all like about I'm optimism. Bing bong theory. Like I'm at the top of the league getting dubs all the time that's what i'm <laughs> going to bring to the show i'm going to advertise it real well for the old commission you know what the worst part is i'm beating you and use me as a stepping stone to get on live television yeah there we go there we go hey hey they said they said i knew my stuff <laughs> <laughs> 
Apparently, no. I don't know. The the fantasy uh, the fantasy results don't show it, but hey, maybe we'll be able to show it next Tuesday. But yes, everyone listening, hopefully we'll be on MLR All Access next week. Uh, make sure to stay tuned on all the social media channels we mentioned before at the Fantasy Ruckers. We will be making updates there, keep you guys posted on when that is actually happening. Um, should be a lot of fun. So that, that that's some, uh, some housekeeping stuff with regards to the Fantasy Ruckers League. Excited to have Steven along and excited to be uh, growing the Fantasy Rugby World across the uh, MLR community. Let's hop into some news and notes here before we uh, get into the round eight breakdown of hey, some. Can, I, can uh, I present this news? Let me do the first one. Hold on. Let me introduce the news first, Matt. Come on. I got some news here. Round eight news, some latest stuff uh, to uh, to bring up here uh, with things that are going on in this past week. And I feel like a lot has uh, has gone on. And yeah, Matt, why don't I uh, let you uh, bring up this uh, this first news that is a pretty big one. Yeah, so uh, word on the street now. This isn't official. This is this is herded through the grapevine. But what I heard was that, unfortunately, the Dallas Jackals, nine players, fell from a seven-foot walkway and have all been injured for at least one to two weeks. Pretty big news, considering I was planning on maybe picking up one, and I already had one in my lineup, so that's great news for me. The second part of that, though, and that I heard through the grapevine, is that maybe this was some sort of sabotage by the Guiltini because they don't want to get an L against the Dallas Jackals. All right, now you're feeding some propaganda. This is not good. We can't. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get any legality issues and before we do any through the grapevine crap, Matt. Let's get the story straight. It is not through the grapevine. It is official. Yes, this was a big news that came out um, uh, just a, a couple days ago, I believe. Um, yeah, a, a huge, huge uh, Dallas Jackals were on by. Um, but there was a huge announcement that was made by the team that apparently, yeah, some players, nine players in total, fell from a seven-foot walkway um, and are seriously injured. And, and we were able to break down through the website on some of the injuries that did happen. So I'm going to list some down for you because I think this is going to have some fantasy rugby implication. Um, obviously, like Matthew mentioned, some of you guys have these players in the lineups. There are also some signings here that also happen in correspondence to this in order to fill those uh, those empty roster positions as those players are dealing with those injuries. So yes, there's a nine total players that are injured from the Dallas Jackals. That is confirmed. That is official. Um, so you'll have to make those adjustments here. Uh, some things that were listed on the Jackals website, um, apparently Henry Trinder was the one that took the worst of it. It looks like he's going to be needing surgery to fix his injuries. Um, sounds like he's going to be out approximately three months. So um, it's sounds like he will not be back this season and and trinder was someone that i think people had a lot of optimism for this fantasy rugby season was uh, drafted in um our first inaugural draft is kind of as a sleeper here on dallas but unfortunately his uh fantasy rugby campaign and his mlr campaign comes to an end um unfortunately in 2022 uh ned hodson it looks like he took a knock to the head along with a knee injury he's going to be out expected uh six weeks so that's a big loss as well and then you have some other players here, Torres, uh, Rora, Naposki, Rizzo, Denishin, Kohlberg, Gleave. Um, they're all uh, relatively, I want to say relatively minor injuries compared to Henry Trinder's and Ned Hodson's. They'll be out for a few weeks. So um, all in all, man, this, 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 this incident was pretty big and obviously has implications both in a fantasy rugby world and also in uh, the, the season for the Dallas Jackals. Um, losing nine players is not something that happens on, uh, on a, a 
regular basis and trying to replace that on players that are are notable players as well is going to be a, a, a big issue and a big challenge for this Dallas Jackals team that is still looking for their first dub and has has struggled here in 2022. Yeah, I mean, it looks like that first dub might not come for a little bit just because they lost some pretty notable guys. And I mean, Naposki is one of those guys that I think was scoring almost a try game for them. I might have it wrong there, but he was scoring for them. And uh, that was one of the positive notes for them and that they were able to kind of score tries um, even when they're losing. And and I think losing these nine guys is just going to be a big hit. And I mean, wish those boys a a speedy recovery because that's a tough one, especially when it happens off the field. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the big thing, right, Matt, is that this is something that it it probably should have. I now I don't know the details and I'm not going to even touch what Matthew was saying. Well, where is this walkway? What is this walkway? Well, that's what what I'm saying. I don't know. This is crazy. I don't. Well, uh, what I'm picturing here is kind of like a similar situation to what happened with Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I'm thinking like something happened at the facilities they were all walking on and, and something. I mean, we don't have any details. I'm not going to go to the extent, obviously we're just kidding when we're saying that the guiltinis <laughs> did it on purpose. I'm, yeah. We're not saying that at all. Um, but uh, this is a serious matter and it's one that's very unfortunate that has huge, uh, huge implications both um, in, in fantasy and in reality as well. So yeah, wishing these guys a, a speedy recovery because you never want to see um, anyone get injured, whether it's on or off the field. Uh, just quickly, some stuff to wrap up that news uh some of the players that the dallas jackals have signed uh for replacements of those players uh, a permanent signing is charlie hola he's a second row back row player from nola uh he was formerly a utah warriors select player um and he is a usa age grade international player so he could be a a nice uh, a nice signing there even when the players do return for dallas and then some uh temporary loans to get dallas through this tough time obviously uh, Carson Schumacher, a back row from Utah. He's a U20 USA international. He joins uh, the Dallas Jackals on loan and also comes along with Augusto Bohm, who we've seen before as a hooker for Seattle. We've seen him make an appearance this year. He's a, uh, a regular starter for Chile, actually. And then Jack Webster also coming over from NOLA. He's going to be there on loan as well. So, um, Pretty yeah, pretty pretty big and and kind of shocking news that came out. Matt and I were sitting there and saw it, and it was just really really random and and unfortunate. So I uh, don't really think there's not much uh, not there's not much else to really cover on this. Uh, like we said, not many details on this uh, this matter, um, which is kind of expected. But we do know the players that were involved, and we hope that they uh, they recover in a, a quick amount of time, and we see them back in on the pitch soon. Um, let's move on some other news here, guys. Uh, that was the big one, but another big one coming out is head coach Andrew Douglas has left and departed Old Glory DC and will no longer be their head coach. That decision and that move um, takes action effective immediately. Uh, Coach Douglas was the very first and only head coach so far in DC's history. Um, Obviously, they're struggling a little bit this season. They don't mention what the decision or how the decision came to be about. So we can only assume that it had something to do with their performance so far, having not yet also getting a win, sitting in that same boat as Dallas. Um, but kind of an interesting move. Usually you don't see these things midway through a season, but hey, it looks like Old Glory DC kind of sees it as a, a lost campaign right now and is looking ahead to the future. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, you know the saying, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But this thing was broken. They had to fix it. So, Yeah, I, mean, I feel like sometimes the cop-out in sports is fire the head coach. Right. You yeah, know, so. I, and I don't want to use it as a cop-out here. I don't know how they played last year, but, I mean, it's pretty brutal start to the season. It's easier to let go of a head coach than some players, I guess, but. Yeah, it should be interesting. It sounds like they will be looking uh, to establish an interim head coaching structure as soon as possible. And their uh, their interviews and their uh, search for uh, a head coach uh, globally. They're they're not even just staying there. They're looking around the around the globe in the rugby community um, to replace Douglas. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I guess lost cause season. Why not make the change now and start looking ahead? Um, obviously, sitting at zero and seven, your expectations on making the playoffs is not really high at this point. More than halfway through the season so that's a little bit of notes from old glory dc um some little smaller news uh coming out of the league uh samuel felix kalapu he uh is getting a three-week suspension for his violation in this past week um he will be getting a three-week suspension for a dangerous tackle that he did in this past week's match um and then also a injury on the injury notes mason flesh a back row player for toronto he will miss the rest of the 2022 season season with a torn ACL so he will be out as well and then finally guys just uh, and some news I feel like a lot of this news has been kind of depressing suspensions injuries and crap like that Um, let's go into some more positive news and something a little bit more fun Uh, in round eight a little bit of a tidbit and this comes from uh, Steel Leon the guy we've shout out before on Reddit who comes up with these interesting tidbits uh, all the time round eight was the very first round in the history of the MLR where all away teams won their matches. Not a single home team won their matches in this past week. It was all away teams. Hasn't happened yet in the history of the MLR. Fun tidbit. Uh, Right now, it's 153 wins for home teams versus 114 losses. But right now, away sides are leading at 27 wins to 19 losses. So for some reason, playing away is having its effect on this season so far. And with that being said, that is your news and notes. Some pretty big uh, fantasy implications there, guys. But uh, I think it's time to move on here to the round eight breakdown that everyone has been waiting for. So let's get right into it with this uh, round eight breakdown. It was uh, an exciting um week of rugby i think uh uh both from a fantasy and a real perspective had a lot of implications in the standing some pretty big upset losses when it comes to the mlr teams and then some pretty big dubs for uh, some of our fantasy managers so let's uh let's get right into it and let's talk about these matchups let's remember that it was a pretty big bye week and i noticed that uh for you fantasy managers and you guys can speak on this vandy and matt how difficult did you guys find it uh with the three team bye i know a lot of teams uh fantasy teams were having a struggle picking up players and not wanting to drop certain guys because they were on by or they weren't playing and they needed to pick up a guy because a guy they did had was on by how did you find i think this is our second week of a big bye week of having three teams or more on by how did you guys find navigating through this week of buys uh you know i last week was harder i mean there was less teams on buys but guys last week teams last week decided to play guys who you didn't expect them to start and that was that was more difficult for me this week was i mean i have a few san diego guys and and one gilgroni and and i mean i guess one dallas jackal guy who unfortunately is not going to be on my team any longer um it wasn't too bad i mean at least they could fit on my bench 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a, from a volatility standpoint. I mean, it's it's whether it's buys, lineups, not being in the line, but never. It's, I feel like moves need to be made every week. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I would say this one was especially tough with how much stock I have in in a or in a, hey, not tough enough buddy not tough what? Enough. Oh, come on in san All diego right. i had two i had two gilgronis and i had two or three diet or uh legion guys so i mean it was pretty tough i had to make a lot of yeah. moves um you know a lot of last minute you know me and ryan kind of you know i'm like all right i'll take this guy and ryan's like yeah i don't think you will <laughs> but uh no it was uh it was tough but i mean got it done and pulled out the w yeah, we did. So let's get into those matchups, and then we'll we'll talk about the uh, the fantasy results when it comes to that. But let's start with this rugby uh, Atlanta New England Free Jacks match that started off our Saturday. Uh, big yep. dub here by the New England Free Jacks, forty seven to twenty, uh, yeah. forty one, excuse me, to twenty seven. Not really a result that I had expected. I think last episode I was talking about how I really expected uh, rugby Atlanta uh, to come out on top. Here. I was really liking what they're doing, but I think coming out of this match what i realized is that this new england free jacks team is one that should not be messed with because they could arguably be uh the best team in the mlr right now i don't think it's uh it's it's a far-fetched thing to say uh with that when it comes to the free jacks yeah i mean to me when i was watching the game i mean atlanta looked like they were in control at the start they look like they're in control but then i think the big maybe the big turning point was was the that stupid Mitch Wilson intercept 70 meter try that ruined both me and, and rugby Atlanta. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Atlanta didn't look, they look good from the start. They just seemed to not be able to keep the, keep, keep the foot down and, and new England kind of showed their, showed their uh, true form. And I think that's what's, I think, dangerous with this New England team is that they have the ability, whether it's a, a, a deserved try like this, the, the Mitch Wilson steal, they have the ability. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like a lot of their players are in the right spot at the right time. And yeah. they, 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 they hit off these massive, massive plays, whether it's Mitch Wilson in this round or I remember Bodine Waka, like a, exactly a couple rounds ago against, uh, I think it was Rugby New York in that match where it was like two intercept tries or two fumble tries where he took it to the mm. house, I think 40 meter plus. And it, I don't know if it's if it's luck. I don't know if it's the way that New England plays, but it just seems that they always have this this ability or, or this this tendency to hit off on these explosive plays so from a fantasy perspective you absolutely love that um and i guess in 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 matches like against rugby atlanta where it's going to come close and it's going to be a few key decisions that are going to determine the results of the match uh those are going to go a long way for you so let's talk about some of those fantasy performances by some of the new england free jacks players just going down the list here matt you mentioned it mitch wilson the big performer from this one uh 18.3 points what what i what i was uh, what i was surprised with this vandy with at least with your team was that mitch wilson kicks i did not know he kicked and i think think that's the only reason i don't know but 18.3 points uh, you were complaining about him last week and the week before that and this week because of buys you decide to put him in your starting line and what what happens he scores an intercept try well, I generally when I'm hard on people on this podcast, it seems to do do me well. And generally, when you drop a guy, he goes off. I mean, we we got our curses <laughs> and our blessings, man. Oh, I got go. all curses, uh, no blessings on this side. But uh, yeah, eighteen point three p- fantasy points for Mitch Wilson. Some other big performers: Larue Malin, uh, Milan. I think ten point one fantasy points. Harry Barlow, eight point two fantasy points. Um, 
Wayne uh, Wayne Vanderbank, he got a, a big one there, 7.1 fantasy points at the end of that match. Uh, the Free Jacks set piece coming in pretty big at five fantasy yeah. points there as well. And then I got to mention it just because I got to mention it. It wasn't a top performer, but once again, Bodine Waka getting five points. Like you know what I mean? Never like it's just every out. single yeah. every single week. It's just these. Li- if it's not 20 points, if it's not 15, he's going to get you at least five or six or, or something. You, that you know what might have been that big big deciding factor that game is. Rugby Atlanta set piece, zero points. I know because I got him. Marco Jans Vons Dons Monsberg. I don't did he I don't think he got any points this week. He didn't score, that's for sure. Nope. So didn't score. I think maybe that was the key and 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 New England New England figured it out and, and, and they came They were playing a pretty stout defense though, I'll be honest. Yeah, they, they were. were I mean it wouldn't be the first time. It's the same thing they did against Rugby New York. Yeah, it's well, true. I will. I will say too is that we talk- to like inhibit the big play and then pull like you know the trap card. Boom! Then they then they run one off for you know Mitch Wilson seventy yard yeah, seventy whatever. meter. Well, well, what what I'll say is that we did talk about this last show where when we were ranking these teams and we said, hey, Rugby Atlanta, they look like they have the pieces, but obviously it's it's pretty clear that it's their forward pack that is carrying that squad, or it, yeah. I shouldn't say carrying, but is the strength of that squad. No, and hey, if the New England uh, Free Jacks are able to uh, mitigate that and able to kind of neutralize the effectiveness of their forward pack, hey, you will be able to get dubs like this against a, a pretty good team. But let's talk about the performances of Rugby Atlanta then. Uh, 10.4 points by Will Lennon. Um, that was a big performance there. 6.9 fantasy points for Connor Cook. Uh, Matthew's shaking his head because he dropped Will Leonard and he continues to make it true that the players he drops does well. So hint, hint, league members. Uh, take a look out for that waiver wire come uh, come Friday morning. And if there's uh, some guys there that uh, catches your eye that was dropped by Matty, he may be, uh, may be some helpful advice to go pick up those guys based on the pattern that has been shown so far this season. But that being said, uh, Tarangatira Waitokia, 7.7 fantasy points points um kirk coleman coming through with the boot um consistently four and a half fantasy points for him as well so uh rugby atlanta new england free jacks pretty fun matchup lots of fantasy points to be had which was what you would expect for a match that uh scored uh, almost 70 points total um I thought I did not expect the Free Jacks to come out top, but uh, they did, and it looks like they're the the team to be reckoned with. And it's not surprising that they also have the number one fantasy player on their squad as well in Bodin Waka. Um, anything else on that uh, New England Free Jacks Rugby Atlanta match, guys? All right, so let's move on here to Old Glory DC Nola Gold, um, and not really a surprising result, maybe a, a surprising score, but not a surprising result. Thirty-one twenty-two Nola Gold on top. Um, Old Glory DC continue their struggles, and maybe this was the the hammer in the coffin for head coach Andrew Douglas uh, not being able to get a win against a, a Nola team that is uh, struggling as well this season so far at times. Um, guys, initial thoughts on the match before I start breaking down some of these fantasy performances yeah i mean i personally i i didn't get a get a chance to tune into this one but uh yeah like you said not 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 overly surprised and and definitely not surprised that after losing to basically the the team that they that they probably felt like they could have had a chance to beat um they fire their head coach after so not surprised well they were they were in it well yeah, they were definitely in it, but it was just so many penalties. I think they could like double the amount of penalties and just I don't know, man. Like shooting yourself in the foot. But that being said, my boy, uh, uh, what's his name on there? Roberts Tanana. Mm. be touching the ball, not really. Maybe seven touches, but man, running meters. I think he was like second in the game in running meters. 
There we yeah. go. If only, if only you got points for that. But hey, you got. If only we get points for that, you know, that's right. And it's you know it's a struggle because there are players like that that you wish would translate into that, and I think it would change the game completely. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is MLR, interesting. Uh, stats, please. <clears throat> exactly. We'll we'll keep on saying it every single show. Um, let's break it down. Uh, let's talk about some of these uh, fantasy performances on the Old Glory DC side. Like we said, not many, uh, not many uh, fantasy implications when it comes to uh comes to this um uh this uh matchup and that's expected when you have two poor teams that are not necessarily scoring as many points uh but in this one the big one was penny lasaka vandy you had him you dropped him but he went off for 15.4 fantasy points i will say one of those tries did come in garbage time um at the end of the match i dropped like three weeks ago Well, hey, three weeks, and then it was it was for it was for this one. There we go. I was gonna say, don't um, make it sound like I dropped him like two days ago. Oh wait, no, that's what I did with all the guys <laughs> that did well. Um, okay, and then five point eight fantasy points for Junior Sao and five point three for Appy Nikaitini. So those are those are the two as well there. And then moving over to the Nola Gold matchup, uh, twelve point nine fantasy points for Pat O'Toole, a big one there. Harley Wheeler six point five, Dino Waldron five point eight, Moni Tongoia six point two, and then Damian Stevens sneaking in there with three point five fantasy points of his own. Um, so yeah, not not a terribly exciting matchup there. Uh, not really one that. Is uh, 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 was on our docket, uh, at least to say. Nola Gold, or Glory DC, both two teams that are struggling. But some fantasy points to be had. But uh, we knew going into this that it wasn't going to be a, a fantasy frenzy when it comes to the DC versus Nola matchup. Uh, so let's move on to the Seattle Seawolves LA Guiltinis match. This one definitely has fantasy implications. The Guiltinis coming out on top 31 to 12. And again, before I reveal the fantasy performances from this match, guys, I won't ask you what you thought of the match. What I'll ask you now that we are eight weeks in. Are the L.A. Guiltinis back? They're back. They're back? I th- dominating performance, man. Dominating. I mean, hey, they figured out how to score tries. That was their no, issue. They dominated they that game, They figured out how man. to score tries. But that, that's the thing, though, Vandy. They knew they were dominating games in the past. True. But they still couldn't put, no, you're put right. five in, you know? But yep. this game, they figured it out. They now – this is two games in a row now where they're figuring out how to score and – and, I mean, the Seawolves are coming off a huge win last week. So, that's no joke of a team. And, and, and Giltini showed up when they needed to show up. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think that the Giltinis are starting to get back in a little bit of form here from what they were dealing with earlier in the season. I still think that they can make huge improvements. They still have a lot of players that are still out, um, that are still waiting for their return. But hey, they're, they're making do with what they have. And yeah, they are looking like they're getting a lot better. Um, I will say they the, the dubs that they've been getting have been against weaker opponents. This week was a little bit of a more prove-it win against yeah. Seattle Seawolves. I still am not convinced that the Seattle Seawolves are necessarily a top team um, in, in, in the league, but if they can start getting some uh, some wins against some uh, San Diego Legion S teams, some uh, Rugby New York S teams, uh, some um, uh, New England Free Jacks teams as well, if we can get to that tier where the Guiltini is starting to compete, uh, that will go a long way, but I will 
say this is a very positive sign that they are getting these wins that uh, I mean t- to start the season there was a huge upset win against the the last place uh, um, or I should say in the second round there was the last huge upset against the Houston Sabercats um, so they've turned the ship uh, quite a bit from where they were uh, seven weeks ago um, and, and it looks like uh, they're only trending upwards from here on out um, so some performers here from that uh, from the Giltini side Jordan Trainer 8.3 fantasy points uh, Joe Tuofete uh, 12.5 fantasy points and Jordan Trainer and Hanko Gramicius 8.1 fantasy points as well I will say though um, Aureen I was Aye. did not get uh that many fantasy points in this one but i don't know if you guys saw it he only got one but did you not see that dirty ball it was so unnecessary but it was this behind the back pass that was on the sideline to his fullback when they were like resetting off of the kick i didn't see Um, it actually i'll I'll have to send it to you guys but yeah yeah, it was so unnecessary the 40 like you can just tell that this guy's just enjoying like post retirement like i would basically call this like his post retirement like kind of run here in the mlr and dude this guy catches it on the sideline he's running back and he just hawks this behind the back spin pass totally unnecessary to the fullback i'll have to show you guys but i thought that was uh that was kind of funny um hey, but yeah just another go- day in the office when you're when you're uh when you're a, a vet of the all black seven well i'm just i'm just picturing it with this guiltini's team like i'm literally like i think i i i have a hard time believing that this guiltini's team is like just like out of nowhere playing as badly as they were um i feel like this team like all of these guys like matt gateau adam ashley cooper Orin ie all of these like big name guys are just like chilling around there oh is it is it time to pick it up now oh, okay yeah. i guess today i guess today this week we'll we'll start we'll start playing uh, oh we're, we might we're, not make playoffs yeah, yeah right. exactly now now we'll now we'll start going it's kind of it's kind of like the uh like the nba yeah. mentality you know i, I mean, don't know obviously that's not the way but it just feels like that when you have a bunch of older guys that obviously these are like the golden years of or the golden days of their rugby playing days. I think it's hard. Veteran presence, too. I think that's why their set piece is so good. Like, it might not yeah. score yeah. off it, but well, man, those lineouts and scrums, like, they were dominating. You know, maybe, maybe Adam Ashley Cooper and, and you know, as the coach, and then IE as the, I... uh, as the uh, player coach, both of them are like, all right, yeah, we'll start pulling out the. Uh, the Listen, kids, now. you go we'll sit on the sideline and watch stuff. daddy play. Yeah. Right. And they're both just implementing this stuff. But, I mean, one thing that didn't turn around on the Giltinis was Ryberg still sucks. Yep. (laughs) He still blows. This guy is the quadricep with no balls. And 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 it is crazy because I think there was a little bit of optimism heading into round eight, at least from some fantasy manager. I know, Matt, you, um, when you dropped him, you were – it was – I'm all done with him. I ain't yep. touching him anymore. But uh, someone did scoop him up. Big bong theory in our league. He did scoop him up. And hey, I, I, if I was in your league, I think I would have scooped him up too. Because a name like that, when you see him on the free agency wire and you see him starting in the upcoming week, hey, why not throw a shot, a dart throw? Obviously, it didn't work out for West. Of course, I have no bench he, spots, he, man. Be fair. Well, be fair. this is the he thing, though. This point. is the detriment to Matthew's point. And we'll get into the, we'll get into the breakdown. All John Ryberg had to do was either get one try assist, get two points, even even just stay on the stay on the field for like ten more minutes to get the full eighty minutes played. West would not have lost by literally point one of a point in his fantasy matchup. Mind you, West, he scored more points for you than he's ever scored for me. <laughs> so you're a lucky man. You're a lucky man. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. So John Ryberg, yeah, not not looking too hot in that matchup. I will say um, it will be interesting, and we will do this in a future episode, hopefully in the next coming weeks, is to look back at where guys were drafted and where they are right now because I think there are so many, so many players in our league that were drafted with such high expectation, with such optimism, with such like notion that that these are guys are gonna be the centerpiece of my team if i if i at the very least i might you know botch a couple draft picks in the later rounds i might not have those pairs but at least i'll have one or two guys that i draft in the first and two rounds that will be centerpieces and that's what you expect in other fantasy sports that those are your most reliable guys and that is not the case. We have first rounders who are busts. We have second rounders who are busts. And every, I think every single round, you probably had a, uh, there was a chance that those players were going to bust. And it seems like there was a higher frequency of, uh, of that in this league as opposed to other fantasy leagues that I play with. And like I said, some of the names to mention, John Ryberg is among them. Yeah. DTH Vandermeer is among them. Um, the, 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 the list goes on and on and I'm on. I'm pretty familiar with the names if you need me to uh, list them all. <laughs> no, we'll pass by that. I feel like we've you, you, you've you stared at that list long enough and, and I, you probably have looked at that way too many times. So we'll, we'll save you. We'll save you the struggle and, and the misery there. But mm. uh, yeah, uh, the Giltini's team, obviously there's certain players that are emerging. Uh, Matt, you were able to hop on uh, Luke Burden who came back. Uh, he came back last week, uh, was able to come in this week. He took over kicking responsibilities this week. So he's able to score you some solid points there um let's just shift over uh to the seattle seawolf side to see what fantasy performances had on that side uh luayana futi 7.1 fantasy points james malcolm 6.6 fantasy points and like i said not a correlation or not a coincidence i should say um that you know the seawolves only scoring 12 uh 12 total points in the match and there aren't many fantasy performers in uh this uh this match for uh seattle guys as well so uh yeah, I think a lot to be said with this Giltini squad more so. Um, I think like how in the Rugby Atlanta New England Free Jacks match, how that told me a lot about the New England Free Jacks. This one, I think, told me a lot more about the Giltinis than it did the Seawolves. Um, and I'm excited to see how the Giltinis carry this moving forward. So going into the last two matchups here, um, Vandy begged me to not get into this matchup, but we got to talk about it. Hey, with, with the struggles, Vandy, uh, you, you got to take them because that's just going to make the whenever Utah comes around to competing and uh, hopefully eventually for you winning that championship, it'll make it that much more sweeter. But as of right now, not looking like that. They only were able to score 12 fantasy points against a Houston Sabercats team that was able to put up 28. They come out with the dub there. Um, pretty exciting matchup. Houston Sabercats, I think, is 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 a pretty decent team. They've made miles and miles of uh, of improvements from uh, not getting a win in last season. Utah Warriors, though, they're they're a little bit concerning here. Guys, thoughts on this matchup, Vandy? I'll go to you first to talk about your uh, your favorite boys. No mm-hmm. comment. No comment. You know what? Okay. I was pat- I've been patient. I'm Colorado Avalanche fan. I was patient all through high school. Okay. The problem with this game was we were the better team uh, compared to hockey while I'm on that track. It's like it's like watching a game where you put up 40 shots and the other team put up 12 and they beat you 4-2. It, 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 was, it was a gut punch. We were, you know, three times the passes, three times the ball carries. They had double the tackles. Our set piece was better. They had two yellow cards. They conceded more penalties. And statistically, you hear all that. It's like, okay, what team lost? No, they doubled our points and more. 
it's it, honestly Clive and Lobster, good game. Uh, he was about probably, in my opinion, the only good thing we had going. But mm. uh, man, it that was a tough one. It was a it was a tough watch. It was pounding your head against a wall, and then they'd come, you know, with a with a steal or with this or that big play. It was driving me nuts. Dylan Dylan Smith or whatever that guy can just kick it, and he got his own kick. Like the guy's a I don't know. It was tough to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought you guys basically didn't stand a chance when I watched uh, Labu Sekne. Labu Sekne. Oh, I think I know. Wait, wait, hold on. I think I got this. I actually was practicing this because someone commented on our YouTube video. You got to use the right. You got to use the the back of your throat. And then I was listening to the <laughs> match, and this time I put the 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 sound on. I think it's Labu Sekne. Okay, Labu Sekne. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely stepped. I don't know who the winger was on Utah, but oh my gosh, the guy, the guy just just stopped and said, "Oh no, I lost. I, I got beat by my Labukni," and, and that was it. And I saw that, and I said, "One, I can't believe Stephen you know, picked this dude up before me." Two, I'm not even trying to be like what a beast, uh, like Homer or bias. <laughs> Houston didn't even play that well. They honestly did it. Yeah. It sounds like I'm being a homer, but they aren't like. Well, right, let, let, let's 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 talk about it from a fantasy perspective because maybe that'll put in a little bit more clarity on who and what did well. Um, oh, wait, hold on! Before we get into that, this was a big game, Fanny. For for this Lassique. was a big game. That's why I, I don't know if you saw Lasik, but that guy is built like a prop and plays center. Were you yep. excited to see him out there? Because that was his first game in the Utah jersey, and that guy is huge and i will say fitzy from rugby morning has been waiting for the past i think like six weeks to play that guy so the the wait well worth it because he was able to come in and and, and make an impact but yeah that guy's a beast Bandy, he, he used to be a be... fullback yeah i think he got he got a try didn't he yeah he got a try yeah. he ran in from the 22 yeah, meter line yeah. on a crash ball and said yeah try and tackle me yeah he's a, a, he's a big boy he got you need he more got five that. He got 5.6 fantasy points on the week in his, in his very first starting appearance. So uh, that's an optimism, optimistic sign for him. Yeah, he, he's a big, big boy that can, uh, that can yeah. break tackles and get through. And when you have that, um, you get uh, you, you, fantasy points can be had when you you're, have that ability to break through and, and get those big-time plays. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see what policy has. I will say this, Vanny, and I'll ask you this before I move on to the fantasy results um, with this match. Has your fandom ship for the Utah Warriors wavered at all? Never, never. You know what? You know what just, makes... I just want. I, I just wanted to check in, man. I, I just want to make sure. Fan, you got to be able to when when everybody's like circled. Mm, when everybody's just oh. like loving on your team, and they're like, "We're the best." It helps to have the memories when you were getting dragged through the mud, you know, and you could pull that out and be like, "Yeah, I was around for those days." Yeah, <laughs> just wait until maybe you lose to DC. Like being a Colorado fan, I can say. I was, you know, like after the Wad days, Abisher. Yeah, yeah, sick. Right. I guess Carl it makes Lamb it that much. Sick. <laughs> it makes it that much more worth it. Um, yeah, so Utah Warriors, that, those were the performances there with the Seek. And then Houston Sabercats, um, big performances by uh, Gideon Van Wick, 10.9 <laughs> fantasy points there. Yeah, Jerry Labuschagne, uh, 6.5 fantasy points for him. And then Dean Muir coming through with 5.6 of his own. And Willie Britz as well, putting up 6.1 fantasy points too. Um, so yeah, uh, points scored by Houston, which means uh, solid fantasy points for the players as well. They come up with a big dub against the Utah Warriors. And then last 
lastly here this is kind of a uh the last matchup of the match but our last matchup of the round and this one was a little bit tougher at least from a fantasy perspective and while watching this match man it felt like i was going through like five different or four different seasons it would be snowing one time it would be sunny the next and then it's windy and then it's snowing again it's just like what the heck is going on and then you think for a split sign oh okay maybe they're playing up in canada in toronto and that's why they're dealing with that that the crazy weather but no it's in in uh, in new jersey where this is all happening and it didn't make for necessarily a uh, a high scoring matchup between rugby new york and toronto arrows the arrows coming out on top surprisingly 14 to 10 uh, they were struggling and they were able to take down a, a a very, very hot rugby New York team. Um, surprised about the upset win here for Toronto Arrows, or I should say maybe the lack of scoring from Rugby New York, especially after those comments, Matt, from last week about how effective uh, the back line has been looking so far this season. Yeah, I mean, hey, like, I think I think the back line really originated from that center combo, and and that center combo was was broken up this week with, with Emery on, uh, coming off the bench, I believe. So, I mean, I think that's where really there's a big start. And, and remember, Hayden's not in. Um, Sam Windsor was coming off the bench, uh, although he didn't do much when he did come off the bench. So um, it's not the same back line. Um, but I think that, that – I think they – this was a big one for, for – I mean, they should still – regardless of what – I guess certain backline play like the core is there right and they should be beating a Toronto Arrows team but for some reason they just couldn't get anything done and but maybe we're not giving enough credit to the Arrows team their defense was yeah pretty stout yeah. like they they were solid and it looks like that might be the way the arrows might be playing this it seems like they're doing a lot of the gritty uh kind of just grinded in your face type uh type game style and winning the games dirty and physical um if you can keep them down and play defense like that, you can win matches. And they did just that against uh, against Rugby New York. But the thing is, when you have these low-scoring defensive matchups, 14 to 10, not much fantasy points to be had with these. Uh, there wasn't much kicking. There wasn't much uh, the much points in, points. Period. Uh, for at least the Toronto Arios, the leader was Andrew Quatrain, who got oh seven and goodness. a half points. John yeah. Sheridan, uh, Matt, and I actually played with him. Uh, he's a he's a former member of the Markham Irish Rugby Football Club. You know, back uh, back in the in the GTA in Canada, and we were we we played with John Sheridan, but he scored eight point three fantasy points with John um, this past week. Yeah, I was talking to Ryan before the match. I said, "Oh, you know, it'd be jokes if I just picked up the old man John Sheridan, put him on the squad. Uh, that'd be that'd be. I need I need a back. I need a back. Uh, I should just pick up Johnny Sheridan. I see him score the try after not picking him up, and I tell Ryan, "Oh my gosh, of course he scores a try." Next person, Andrew Quatrin goes on. You know, the only hooker in the entire weekend, maybe for the entire eight rounds, to play a full eighty minutes. I pick up the guy coming off the bench, my boy Jack McRogers, who has scored a try in the last two games. And he decides, the coach decides, ah, we're not going to play him. Quatrin's playing way too well. And, you know, Quatrin deserved it. But, man, that hurt. That one was a tough one. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't realize that the two fantasy match, the two probably pickups that could have determined your week happened in this match. And if you had went with John Sheridan instead of Denon Robinson Bartlett, who got one as opposed to 8.3. And if you went and with Q and Quatrin, it's, 
Yeah, so tough, 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 but that's all right. Um, 8.3, 7.5, like I said, for the Toronto boys. And then for Rugby New York, um, the fantasy points that were had, Caleb Geiger scoring 5.6 fantasy points and Ed Fidau coming in huge with 7.3 fantasy points of his own with that big try from the 22, I believe, in that match, um, but wasn't enough for Rugby New York to get the win as the Toronto Arrows come out on top 14 to 10. And like I said, when you have these scoring matches just not much fantasy points to be had which was reflective in some of the teams scoring in this week so those were all of our matchups some pretty exciting matches uh anything uh from round eight that you guys saw particularly before we move on to a commissioner league update guys anything uh that stood out to you with regards to performances fantasy non-fantasy uh you know i'm uh it's nice to see the arrows boys the hometown canadian team put it up against the the fake new york team so um, it's nice to see. Yeah. I hate to All double right. down on the weather, but I feel like there would have been like Toronto got like 16 penalties that game. Like, I think they would have kicked a couple more of those pen, like penalties into kicks if it wasn't for the poor weather. Cause there was a couple early on where I was like, I don't know why you wouldn't kick that, but. Yeah, I don't know whether had to play. So, um, yeah, some fun matchups, some big implications. So let's move on to how those matchups had an effect on the official fantasy Rutgers Rugby League in Commissioner's Yee's League Update. Hear ye, hear ye. It is time for Commissioner Yee's thoughts on the official fantasy Rutgers Rugby League, giving all of you listeners an update to how our fantasy rugby league is going and how the journey of making fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR is going. Uh, Had a lot of fun fantasy matchups in round eight. This was actually the very first round in which we reset our uh, matchup rotation. So everyone now before this round had played each other at least once. That means we're going back to the same matchups we sound in round one. We saw in round one and in round one, we had we opened the season and opened our inaugural uh, fantasy rugby season with the matchup and the battle of the show host between Matt and Vandy, the rucking goat taking on rock and roll. Both of these guys been struggling all season long. And who was able to get the dub? You probably guessed who was able to get the dub, and that was the Rucking Goat. 27.4 <laughs> fantasy points over Matt's 11 fantasy points. Matt continuing to struggle to get above uh, that double-digit figure. Uh, Vandy putting up the second-highest fantasy point total on the week, uh, which was a pretty big performance. And that was, yes, without Joe Peterson of Long. The backs of Mitch Wilson, 13.3. And Tuvera Vugakoto on on Utah scoring as well 6.6 fantasy points there as well um Damon Torres and Luke Burden scoring three each for Matthew uh moving on to the other matchups on the week lads on tour taking on the Dankas anchors in a matchup of the top of the table lads on tour kind of trying to approach his way on up the Dankas anchors trying to take back that top position at the top of the table he was able to get the dub 34.6 fantasy points scoring the highest fantasy matchup total of the week against John John's 24 point three fantasy points it was off of the back of joe tofetti on the guillotine scoring 12.5 fantasy points and the free jacks also pitching in there as well uh with their set piece and bonus point of five fantasy points lads on tour at Fidau's try of 7.3 fantasy points was not enough uh moving on to the second fantasy matchup of the week victoria's secret beating the feral hippies 
And yes, that is the Feral Hippies owned by Steven in his very first fantasy matchup of his career. I will say as well, uh, he has lots of rugby experience, but he mentioned to me, Vandy, that he is kind of opposite of you. He is a avid rugby fan who has never played fantasy sports. So it'll be interesting to see, to correlate and, and compare uh, between you and him on how that kind of goes. But, welcome but to nonetheless, fantasy. he was able to put... Yeah, you pick the hardest sport. He did pick the hardest sport, but I think his knowledge might begin to play tough this week, but we'll see whether or not he can pick up and and, and uh, pick it up next week and, and learn more of the ropes here. But yeah, Jerry Labushagne, the 6.5 fantasy points, was not enough to take down Hanko Gramicius's 8.1 fantasy point performance, totaling up to that 26.7. And then in the last matchup of the week, in the lowest scoring matchup in the week, in the tightest matchup of the week, Rugby Morning takes Taking on number one placed Bing Bong Theory. And by point one, yes, listeners, you heard me right. With point one fantasy points, he was able to get the dub and upset Bing Bong Theory, taking him down from that top spot in the league. And it only took 7.1. It was a nail biter. And there were a lot of, a lot of, a lot of roster decisions that could have been made, and I feel like the right ones were made for Rugby Morning. The wrong ones were made for uh, for uh, for Wes and Bing Bong Theory. So unfortunately, he gets the loss, and it, that was on top of a minus four yellow card from Jesse Parity, who made his performance or who made his debut for New England. And even with that uh, that penalty, Rugby Morning was still able to come away with the dub. So those are our four matchups of round eight. Uh, we'll have exciting matchups coming up in round nine, but a little bit of a shuffling of the standings here, guys. Uh, don't have it right in front of me. I will have it updated for our league members and the rest of our Discord community members um, moving forward. It will be released on our socials as well. But I do believe that I think we have a another retaking of the number one spot in our league. I do think that Dankus Anchors retakes that number one spot at the top of our league. So uh, yep. Hoki uh, remains or retakes what he had uh, when he had that undefeated season going over west of Bing Bong Theory. So yeah. uh, those are the latest uh, matchup results and fantasy performances in round eight. Uh, some other announcements. Guys, this is an announcement that I had to make for you guys. And I wanted to keep it for the show. Haven't mentioned it to you guys, but we have... Our very first fantasy rugby trade. Let's go. Fantasy rugby trade happened in our league. And I'm going to announce it here on the show for the first time before I announce it in our Roster Moves channel in our Discord. I I wanted to make it a little bit of a big deal here, guys, because this is the first trade that's happening ever. Our first fantasy rugby trade happening ever. Um, I don't want to say in the the history of fantasy rugby, but at least in the history of our fantasy rugby in the MLR, it is the very first trade that's happening. So we got to etch this in stone and and, and, and make this a, a, a memorable one, I guess. But yes, a trade has been made. And who do you ask that made the trade? It was between, of course, Dankus Anchors, Hokie, wheeling and dealing making the moves and it's actually with our brand new league member steven takes over this new team gets things done has a vision knows what he needs to get done to get back on top and makes a deal it is cam dolan of the feral hippies of uh steven moving him to the dankest anchors in exchange for dean muir so front row of houston dean muir going to the feral hippies in exchange for back row of nola cam dolan so 
an interesting one-for-one one move there. Uh, I guess it satisfies a front row or second row, uh, a front row need for the Feral Hippies and a back row, second row need for the Dankus Anchors. And we'll see how that trade plays out. But that's pretty exciting, guys. Eh? Uh, our very first fantasy rugby trade has been officially made in our league. Homie comes in just making waves, eh? Like, and I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. And you know, you you love to see when you know they they know what needs to be done to uh-huh. to get back on top. And it's not going to be just sitting on your hands doing nothing. So you got to make the pickups. You got to make the trades. And it looks like he uh, Stevens doing just that. And we we love to see it. So uh, congratulations to those two teams for making the very first trade in the official fantasy Rutgers rugby league. And I'm encouraging all of our league members, Matt Vandy. I told you guys we need to get a trade done on the show. That that is one of my my goal so we'll see whether or not we can get that i i would like for you guys to have negotiations outside the show so we don't spend the full hour just having you two talking no, back man, about how bad we'll back and forth. exactly um so we'll see whether or not we can get that done but I do encourage all the other fantasy managers as well in our league to uh, start talking with each other and start uh, work cooking up some trades because, hey, it could be a win-win situation uh, for both of you getting players that you need because I know there are a lot of uh, teams in our league that have positional needs. <clears throat> Vandy with a scrum half. No, 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 no. <laughs> Matt with a, a fly half. Uh, no, that's I mean, Matt with an entire team. Hokey what are you talking about? How do I trade for my an entire team? Corpse, and he's just, like, why don't you ask Hokey if you can just swap teams? Teams. Okay. I don't want Hokey's team. You don't want whose team do you want? I don't want. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. There's no. You, you can't. You can't trade your shoes in this world. You just hey, keep you living the one that you're you in. Can. And well, I, I respect that, Matt. <laughs> I respect no. that. I respect you that you're sticking heart. with it. So yeah, there, and there that, is the. Uh, there is the very the very first uh, first trade of the Fantasy Rutgers Rugby League. Cam Dolan moving for Dean Muir. Uh, we'll announce that in our Discord channel, but that is very exciting. I was pumped up to uh, to share that with everyone. Wanted to announce that on the show, um, and hopefully we see more trades moving forward uh, for the rest of the season. So with that being said, that is uh, the entirety of uh, Commissioner Yee's uh, notes on the league, giving you guys an update on how our league is standing right now and the latest uh, roster moves. Apparently, uh, trades have now become a thing in the fantasy Rutgers rugby league so can't wait to see more of those now let's move on to a look ahead here guys to round number nine of the mlr rugby season got some exciting matchups i'm going to list them out here for you as always and then we can uh, talk about which ones you're looking most forward to heading into round nine we do have a matchup on friday this week so um fantasy managers uh make sure you uh you uh, uh keep that in mind you guys do need to set your lineup before that first matchup on Friday. I believe it's a later matchup. I think it's not until 10 o'clock Eastern time. So you are going to have a little bit of extra time to get that in on Friday. And I will say, moving forward, I know it's kind of been... Uh, back and forth when it comes to the waiver transaction period. But now that I'm talking about it, to make it clear for all of our league members and all of our uh, uh, listeners and and you, Matt and Vandy as well, from here on going forward, waiver period will always be processed on Thursday night. I know I've been doing it on Friday nights ahead of the games, but regardless of the matchup, Whenever the matchups start that week, whether it's Friday, whether it's Saturday, it does not matter. I'm going to have them process every week on Thursday to keep it consistent. So moving forward, league members, make sure you're getting in your waiver claims by Thursday night, uh, Thursday night, midnight Eastern time uh, for those to be processed. So a little bit announcement there. So uh, let's get into it. Utah Warriors taking on the San Diego Legion on Friday. Utah Warriors sitting in sixth place in their Western Conference against the San Diego Legion, who are sitting in uh, second. 
second. Uh, they're two and five right now. The Warriors, Legion, four and three. The Arrows are taking on Rugby Atlanta on Saturday. Uh, the Free Jacks taking on the NOLA Gold. Rugby New York taking on Old Glory DC. The Giltinis taking on the Dallas Jackals. The Gilgronies taking on the Sabercats. And it is the Seattle Seawolves on bye this week, which is pretty incredible, man. They have literally played every single week this season so far this is the very first time they're getting a buy and i feel like other teams have gone in maybe not multiple buy, but i feel like other teams have definitely gotten a better break than the seattle seawolves but regardless uh out of those matchups guys what are you looking most forward to it looks like we got a full slate with only one team on buy i don't know why they don't do the friday game more often like I like why do it. they continue yeah. to do the weekend games at the same time and you know try to stuff a bunch of games on saturday and and have one game on Sunday. It just does, it doesn't make any sense to me on why you would make it harder for viewers to see the games. Do you think it's a logistics thing? It could be a logistics thing. I don't know. Like I, I agree with you. I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't want to try to spread the games out over the course of the weekend so that you can get more eyes on each game. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy the Friday games. I enjoy having them spread out. Makes it easier yeah. for me to stat out these games. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you can tell, it's, it's taken a little bit longer these past couple of weeks because they've been so jumbled up. So I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of uh, to deal with that. But uh, yeah, it, it, I do like the Friday games, and I and I would I would encourage the MLR to uh, schedule it in that manner going forward. But yeah, we'll I mean, see. it looks like but. In the matchups, it looks like Giltinis can look for for an easy win, and 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 uh, we're not going to learn too much from that. And same with no. Rugby New York, hopefully get back on their feet after losing to uh, to the Arrows. But um, I mean, I will say though, those two matches, uh, if you got Rugby New York players, you got LA Giltinis yeah. players, I would be quite stoked to have those guys. I mean, maybe this is the week um, that you can maybe start eyeing some of those Giltinis guys. Maybe the lineup changes a little bit. I don't know, but there are some notable Giltinis guys that are in in the waiver wire that uh, that you could start looking at um, as they you know face a really poor Dallas Jackals team who it, it should be a blowout. I mean, they're yeah. missing nine guys that they've lost nine players of their team, three of which are uh, or at least two of which are severe injuries um, that are notable players on their team. So I would expect that the Giltinis would wipe this away. So maybe you do start looking at some of those Giltinis players. Yeah, maybe, but they probably will suck once I start them. So um, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Uh, the only, the, the only, the only other game that I'm excited to see is honestly, Vandy, I don't know. Maybe you can find your way out of Tilsonburg and get to the Toronto, uh, get to the city of Toronto. And maybe find yourself at the Arrows matchup for their first home game in what I don't know, like a thousand days. True, true. And hey, with that, they're going to be home. Atlanta's going to have to travel across the border to the cold weather. Maybe Arrows end up at the end of this match having the same record as Rugby Atlanta, someone who we thought was the top team last week. Well, that's what I'm saying because when I was going through the standings too, guys. No one's running away with this. I mean, outside of Old Glory DC and the Dallas Jackals who are at the bottom at 0-7, I mean, you could argue that maybe the Free Jacks are kind of separating themselves because they're sitting at 6-1. and But if you take the Dallas Jackals, let's say you take the Jackals and DC out of it, I mean, you're ranging from 6-1 and to 2-5. and That's not terrible. And then a majority of your bulk teams in the middle, 
are all at four and three. Arrows, four and three. Legion, four and three. Rugby Atlanta, five and two. Giltinis, four and three. Rugby New York, five and two. They're all within like one or two losses of each other. So it's really up in the air. Um, but yeah, that's a good point, man. I didn't even think of that. And Vandy, maybe you aren't aware of this, but um, since you're just getting into the MLR this season, but last year because of COVID and everything uh, and because of the border, the Toronto Arrows actually had to play their entire season out of Atlanta. So they actually they did not have a home game basically for the entire season. They're returning for the first time this weekend. They've had, oh, really? I guess, I think all all uh, away games so far this year um, and the season so far. Obviously, that has to do with some of the logistics behind being the only Canadian team. But yeah, they, they might be bumping at the Toronto Arrows, and, and you're going against a side that um, if you can win, you're really proving it to your home crowd that you're you're in it to win it here. Um, yeah, this Arrows magic. You might have talked me into the Matt. I think I'm looking forward to this one the most um, this weekend. Arrows versus Rugby Atlanta should be a lot of fun. Man, I think I'm going to get you some tickets. Utah and Legion, baby. Yeah, you give me some tickets, dog. Yeah, yeah we'll, get get you some a, tickets. we'll get you a plane ticket down to Utah. Maybe that's what they need. The, <laughs> the in person tickets. I'll go. <laughs> the in person moral support. All right. Well, hey, well, let, let's see if we can try to get to Vandy out to I'll his. Take my uh, video. Hey, I'll take a video on my phone and have better quality than. Hey, <laughs> there we go. There you go. But yeah, I think uh, I think uh, we can all say that we're looking for the Toronto Arrows rugby Atlanta match. But from a fantasy perspective, I would really look at. I mean. Out, the reason why it's so hard, I feel like, to pick a solid matchup is because I feel like outside of maybe that match, really all of the, and maybe the Gilgronis Sabercats match, because the Gilgronis seem like they're kind of on a downturn, but they are coming off the bye. I mean, Giltinis are playing a poor team. Rugby New York's playing a poor team. New England Free Jacks are playing a poor team. So from a fantasy perspective, there should all be points there. May not be the most fun matches to watch, um, but at least from a fantasy perspective, it'll be fun watching those uh, those numbers tally up yeah. for Giltinis New York. Make sure you pick up, pick up your boys from those teams. And just remember, if I drop them, you pick them. <laughs> there maybe, we go. You know, maybe I'll actually do that this week. Just pick up guys that you drop. You well, should. just try different strategies. I mean, Matt went with the Blitz waiver wire the week before, and then this week he kind of toned it down a little bit. And then maybe, Vandy, your strategy. Me, so. <laughs> there we go. There you go. All right. Well, hey, that's uh, that j- just about does it here for the round nine preview. And we recapped all of round eight. Exciting, exciting fantasy stuff to go in. Guys, we're only uh, half away, uh, just a little over halfway through the uh, the season when it comes to at least the fantasy rugby season. Um, so with that being said, uh, there are many more hopefully wins to come with your guys' teams. Matt, I'm, I'm still rooting for you. I'm still thinking you can turn it around. Um, Don't get your and hope. we'll hey, see whether we can yet? do that. Did I pass? Uh, Steven? You may have passed Steven. When I come out with the updated standings, you may no, be in six. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm not okay with that. <laughs> That's not okay. No, no, no. no well, no. We'll, this isn't we'll, okay have to, because... we'll have to find out. Well, let's let's you know what? That's a good point, Matt. Let, let's let's try to find why it's okay. And we'll talk to Vandy with the hot mic here to get his opinion on why it's okay that he's in sixth place. Well, you know what? Let me tell you right now. Like I said at the beginning of the year, I bring winning. I thought I was going to bring winning to Utah. I guess I just bring winning to fantasy as per usual. I mean, you know, I tried to make it close with Matt. I still want him to run the show with us. I didn't want him to run off. And But now that we're getting close to playoffs, it's time to, you know, really dig deep, pull out the playoffs here, baby. But uh, more importantly, Utah, speaking of digging deep, it's time. You want to make a playoff run? It's now. 
I still believe, like I said, if I got to go through this year getting pulled through the trench, I will. And I'll go down kicking and screaming. And so will you. Let's pull out a big dub, pull it out, beat the Legion, tell old man Joe to sit down, hold my beer, we're going to stomp you. There we go. That was a good one. I don't know. Maybe that'll be enough to finally align the stars. But I feel like out of all weeks... See, this is, this is where it's going to get conflicting for you, Vandy. Because this week, your favorite team is playing the team that you have the most players of. So you're really you expecting... Do, <laughs> this could be you fireworks need, here. We got lightning in the ball here, baby. An emotional roller coaster, I think, that uh, that Friday night matchup is going to be for you. But it's uh, it's it's going to be a blast. and It'll be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, hey, no, it should be good. Utah's going to go 2-6, and six, and Vanny's going to be jumping ship. I can already tell you're going to be jumping, jumping ship, going shit. to San Diego. I don't know. I think I think I think if Vandy, I think if Vandy could have made it through, I think if Vandy could have made it through the zero and four start that they had, I think at this point he can he can he can go with uh, with anything here. But we'll see whether or not they can get the dub this week, and it'll be interesting to see because Vandy said that's yet to happen where it aligns both weeks, fantasy and reality. Hey, I think all of this week it's going to take maybe both Utah and San Diego just both need to both score fifty points. 50, okay. 51 to 50 final score and just fantasy points galore. And we'll see whether or not that will be enough to get both Utah the win and Vandy's fantasy team the win. But with that being said, lots of exciting rugby to come in round nine. Um, and that's going to do it for this show here on episode 12 of the Fantasy Rucker Show. For Devin Vandy Vanderpool, for Matt Yee, I am Ryan Yee as always. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. Make sure you stay tuned and keep on joining us on the journey of making fantasy rugby a reality in the mlr you've been listening to the fantasy ruckers show bringing fantasy rugby to the masses covering everything rugby from the mlr and beyond we hope you enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review and be sure to tell all your friends we'll be back soon but in the meantime connect with us on social media at the fantasy ruckers till next time This is the Fantasy Rucker Show, signing off.